Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> okay. So it's Tweedledum and Tweedledee you've got tonight. Uh, no, you all know Andrew. I'm Andy. We're privileged to be able to host together our evening meeting. So, Andy, Andrew, would you like to just give people a welcome from uh, yeah, hi, welcome to Alton Maltings, and it's great to be together. Thank you for coming out this evening. We know it's a, a challenging weather evening, but it's great to be together. And we're going to come, we gather under God's word and welcome his spirit. We love that balance of those two things. I hope you're coming expectant of that, Andy. Absolutely. Fantastic. So, we are churches uh, from the area uh, here in uh, our little corner of commission. It's fantastic to have Guy and Heather Miller here with us today. So, thank you guys for traveling uh, and being with us. It's wonderful to have you. So, we're so looking forward to hearing uh, from Guy and Heather, I think, later on as well, which is brilliant. Um, but uh, put your hands up if you are from Alton, from Harvest Church Alton. Let's have a cheer. Okay, how about from uh, Hook? I know that they've got it, and they had another uh, unity service in their town, so I think there might have been a clash. How about from Fleet? Yay! How about from Odium? Fantastic. Uh, let's see, anywhere else that I've missed out? I'll tell you what, why don't you please turn to somebody next to you or behind you or in front of you who is not from your church? Say hello, you've got one minute to greet someone, I'll ask the band to come forward as well, and uh, let's just say hello to one another. Yeah. Okay, would you like to stand up, please? There's some words that are going to appear. I'm going to invite you. I know this is a bit of an unusual thing, but, you know, we are one church. We're God's people. We're united, and we believe together in some key central doctrines that I'd like us to just declare at the start of our time this evening. So it's the Apostles' Creed. And if you're okay with it, I think it'd be great if together we could just declare these wonderful words of truth uh, together. And then uh, Josh and the band are going to lead us in our time of worship. Uh, so Josh is starting with the police force tomorrow morning, by the way, guys. So it's fantastic that he's training tomorrow, but he's with us to lead us tonight, which is brilliant. And uh, we'd like to encourage you during our time of worship to get involved. So please feel free if you've got a prayer of thanks or if you've got a testimony, if you've got a Bible verse you'd like to read out, uh, if you have a prophecy or a picture 
You're welcome to speak from where you are, but please do speak up nice and loud so we can hear. But with acoustics, it would be even more helpful if you could just come forward, grab Andrew or myself, and we'll just cue you up so that you can share at some point during the meeting. So let's be a charismatic people. Let's be open to people contributing. You are most welcome to do that, and uh, it would be lovely to hear from people. You know, you may think, well, I've just got a simple Bible verse. Yeah, but that simple Bible verse might be exactly what someone else needed to hear tonight, all right? So don't dismiss things that you think of, because it would be great to hear from one another. But let's say together the Apostles' Creed. Let's just get the words going first. There we are. Okay. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He ascended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can declare those truths tonight. And we do say we believe in you, Lord. We believe that you came and that you have dealt with our sins once and for all so that we can come right into your presence. We just welcome you here now. Holy Spirit, would you move amongst us? Would you fill us? Would you help us, O oh God, to lift you up in worship, in body, mind, and spirit, to give you all that we have in worship tonight? Just have your way amongst us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my tomb Till I met you I was breathing but not alive all my failures I tried to hide It was my turn Till I met you You called my name In I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day you called my name, and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness, into your glorious day. Now your mercy has saved 
my soul Now your freedom is all that I know The old made you Jesus, when I made you You called my name Jesus shall take the highest honor. Jesus shall take the highest praise. Let all earth join heaven in exalting. The name which is above all other names. Let's bow the knee in humble adoration. For at his name every knee must bow Let every tongue confess he is Christ God's only Son Sovereign Lord we give you glory now For all order and blessing and power Belongs to you, belongs 
Built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less. Jesus' blood and 
righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, and the Savior's love through the storm, He is born, Lord of all. seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil my anchor holds within the veil Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, and the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. in his righteousness alone faultless stand before the throne Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the same together declare our confidence in him he is our rock he's our fortress he's the cornerstone he he's the one that keeps us from falling we we're here you know thinking about the ice and things at the moment people walking along being worried about falling over he is able to keep us from falling spiritually he's able to keep us strong he's able to keep us through to the end he's able to do more than we could ask or imagine he's able to build his church he's able to help us to answer our prayers to meet our needs to be our provider he's more than able to do all that we can ask or imagine more than we can ask let's just declare our confidence in him together before we carry on singing why don't we just each pray where we are just thank god 
that he is our cornerstone. Let's declare our personal trust in him. Our personal hope is in him. Let's just all do that. And if anyone wants to lead out in prayer after that, feel free to. Thank you. shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless stand before the throne Christ alone cornerstone Save his love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all.
hands to being than, than yours. Um, just looking at the story of Daniel this morning at church and um, when he was faced with the lion's den, and um, despite the sort of prevailing culture and the um, politics that were going on around him that were um, strong and, and prevalent against him, um, despite being in a foreign place, um, far away um, from your, 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 your city, your, your place. Um, despite all of that, he knew in his heart that you were the safest pair of hands and to trust you and to obey you above all was the safest place to be in. Uh, and Father, I thank you that today in our culture that is more and more um, opposed to you and, and your people, Father, I thank you that there is no safer place to be than in your, um, in your word and obeying you, Father. I, I thank you that the things that look strong around us are actually as thin as ice um, because you can turn things in a moment and what looked um, totally overwhelming in being thrown into a lion's pit, um, totally the end of the road. Father, you turned it round in a moment. You shut the mouths of the lions. And Father, there is truly no safer place to be than in your purposes, trusting you, yeah. Yeah. believing your word, obeying you. I thank you, uh, just listening to something last night, it said, um, your love language is obedience. And Lord, we, we want to obey you. We want to give you that place of honor in our lives. We want to trust you with all our hearts, despite um, anything we see around us that would seem mightier and more powerful. Father, we truly believe you are the only one with real power and uh, authority and love and care towards us. We, we trust you, Lord. with power from 
on high. Now set the captives free. Leave us abandoned to your praise. Lord, let your glory fall. Lord, let your glory fall. Consuming fire, fan into flame. A passion for your name. Spirit of God, would you fall in this place? Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way with us. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts. Passion for your name. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts. Passion for your name. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up in our hearts. Passion for your name. Consuming fire, fan into flame. A passion for your name. Spirit of God, would you fall in this place? Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way with us. I love that word about obedience. So I was sit, sitting at the back and I just had a pitch and I was thinking, do I want to bring it? Is this from God? And then that word of obedience, I thought, well, yeah, I suppose I ought to come forward. And then that song started up. There must be more than this. I saw what looked like a, an oval racetrack and it was in the sand. And it looked like someone had been driving it around and around and around so that the sand had worn down. You, know, you could see the track deep down into the sand. This person had been going round and round. And I felt there was a sense that at the start, this track was brilliant. The person really, really enjoyed it. But they'd been going round and round, and it gradually had got boring. And I felt there was a, a sense that that was one or more people here, their Christian lives, it started off so much fun, so much joy, you know, they're, they're going round and round, doing what God wanted. But there come a point where they start to feel, there must be more than this. And I felt God just wanted to say to you folks, there is more. There's so much more. And he wants to lead you out of that track, take you new directions where you never imagined you gonna, could go. He will be with you. There is more to life than what you've got. Awesome, Sean. Thank you very much. And Janice, could you just come and share a quick word with us as well? Uh, yes, please. That'd be great. Um, I just felt God was saying, um, I don't know if it's someone specific, that um, there are no secrets from me. 
just um, because you haven't said this to anybody or even said it out loud to yourself doesn't mean that I don't know because there are no secrets from me. I know your fear and I know your dilemma and I want you to say your secret out loud to me. Thank you, Janice and Sean. Can I just encourage us to just pause for a moment? Because I think those are very linked. I think often we can get stuck in a rut because we're allowing fear to take hold or other things to limit how we see things, blink our eyes because of our circumstances or just what we've done. It's comfortable. And it feels like the Father's just wanting to stir our hearts. So let's just allow him to speak into our hearts and lives, if that's for you. I think it'll be for many, not just for one or two. Let's just let it settle in our spirit for a moment. And why don't you just individually respond back to the Father and tell him where you're at. He gets where we're at. He loves to hear our hearts being expressed to him. Let's express ourselves to him. Father, we sense your spirit at work amongst us, and we're thrilled. We say thank you. We say more of that, Lord, more of your spirit in our lives, in each of our lives, day by day. Highlight those things you're wanting to work on. Give us grace and peace to allow you to go to work deep in our hearts and lives, we ask, that we would yield a great uh, fruit for you our lives would be so fruitful for you for you're worthy of all that we've got every single bit of us we want to give to you for your glory so help us Lord help us to surrender ourselves to you tonight help us as we hear your word to respond in obedience to that too Father God as your spirit ministers to us Amen Amen please take your seat Ben thank you so much guys really appreciate you leading us thank you so um, it's my uh, privilege to welcome Guy and Heather. Um, uh, I guess most of us know who Guy and Heather are, but if you don't, I'm sure they'll introduce themselves. But uh, Guy is uh, one of the two apostolic fathers of our family of churches, Vinu Paul and Guy Miller. Together they uh, lead our family of churches, what we call commission. I don't know anybody knows how many churches that exactly is, but let's call it 300 plus churches somewhere around there in various nations of the world. And it's such a privilege and pleasure to have you both with us, Guy and Heather. I know you're both going to speak to us. Guy uh, just has such a prophetic gift. I want you, want, without putting pressure on Guy, I want to encourage you to hear God's Spirit speaking through Guy and Heather as they come and speak to us now. So, Guy, Heather, let's welcome them. So glad you're here. Thank you for coming to us. Thank you, uh, Andy. Thank you, Andrew. It's great to be with you. Um, it's funny having three sizes and just trying to... I, in terms of uh, ministry, uh, it's a privilege to be able to speak to you tonight. And thank you for coming out on a freezing cold evening. 
it's cold. It's warmer in Bournemouth. We were down in Bournemouth for a few days and it left in a nice temperature and came up to the icy north. Uh, so really good. It's great to uh, celebrate with Andy and Kate. Andy and I, I was with Philippa this week. Um, Andy and I did our training together. He was clever. I was not so clever. Uh, he was always getting the great grades and I didn't do so well. So uh, it's really great to see Andy and Kate pressing on so well and thank you for your faithfulness. Andrew and Emma are uh, heroes of ours. They served with us in Bournemouth for many years. We saw some wonderful outbreaks of God. And uh, actually looking around a room like tonight, it's, it's full of heroes. Honor, you know, and Anthony and Sean and Haley at the back. I mean, people that have pressed through in God and trusted God. I am honored to be in a room with incredible men and women of God tonight. So I just pray that you would uh, be open on the Godward side to what the Holy Spirit might do amongst us, because I guess those two prophetic sort of stirrings should shape our whole evening if we're truly to be men and women of the Spirit. There must be more than this, surely, in the church. We're not meant to just go around, 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 around in circles, digging deeper ruts. Tozer said, if the Holy Spirit was to be removed from the church today, 90% of Christians wouldn't know the difference. That's his estimation. I'll tell you what, in the book of Acts... If the Holy Spirit was removed, 90% of the churches would cease immediately because such was their dependency on the Holy Spirit. I just want to challenge all of us in terms of the life we're living tonight about leaning in much, much more intimately with the Holy Spirit. It's a person, I think sometimes in charismatic churches, it's it's almost put down to being like a power, the force be with you type of spirit. There's a few super spiritual people, they shake, they might lay hands on you and ooh, and, and the rest of us feel like, oh, I feel so unspiritual. The Holy Spirit's a person, he wants to fill us with the love of Jesus, with the character and the personhood of Jesus. And so we need to be Tuning our ears, I believe, tonight, just to listen to the Holy Spirit. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, who famously sort of spoke and led Westminster Chapel, where Heather and I are based, said these words, the most vital question to ask about all who claim to be Christians is this, have they a soul thirst for God? Is their life centered on him? Do they press forward for more and more that they might know him? How do you know God more and more and more? How do you thirst more and more and more for God? It is the person, the presence of the Holy Spirit that drives us ever to the word and ever into the intimacy with the Father. It is the work of the Holy Spirit we need to be looking at. And uh, I'm just going to read a few short verses, and you can turn to them, please, if you would, in John chapter 7. Sean and Haley, uh, in our worship time, 
I could see a ravine. And it's a ravine that there, there was no way across. You couldn't really go down the sides because it was just too steep either side. And I saw you'd shot two bolts across, steel bolts, and they'd fasten on the other side of the canyon. And you're in the business of building a bridge across the ravine. And Haley's saying to you, Sean, will it be strong enough? This faith venture that God has called us on, this another, another adventure for you, Will the cables hold? And I felt God, the Holy Spirit, wanted to say to you, you've been brought here tonight to say, take that step of faith. God is with you. He's making a new adventure for you together. And there's two lines, that's Sean and Haley. And you might just have the next two steps, but God is with you and God is going to use you. So let's read these um, verses in John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. John adds, by this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him, in Jesus, were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. There is more for everyone in this room to experience of the Holy Spirit. Let us not tonight put up any barriers through fear or unbelief or religious pride that says, I've got enough of God. And I thought the best way of helping all of us is to hear a testimony about a journey of a woman who I greatly admire, who has found God through all the ups and downs and learned to trust in him and find him. So Heather, why don't you come and just share a little bit of your story? guy asked me to give a testimony um, because I think he thought it would be helpful for people to hear about an ordinary person who's lived a lot of her life as a Christian. I became a Christian when I was about five, so that is an awfully long time ago. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you exactly how long ago, but it is over 55 years ago. So I was brought up in a lively but conservative evangelical free church, very close to here actually um, with very loosely brethren sort of theology and as I said I gave my life to Jesus when I was a little girl and I was encouraged by my mum and the church with a chorus that we used to sing which was read my bible and pray every day if you want to grow and I'm not sure really at that time I knew or understood anything very much about the Holy Spirit until in my early teens, I don't know what it was called back then, it must have been the early church, house church movement started to make its way in drips and drops into our church. And I can remember listening to songs about the Holy Spirit on my LPs. Some of you probably don't even know what those are, but that's what I used to listen to them. And um, my mum, who was a godly, wonderful lady, was most concerned about these songs because a lot of them were about the Holy Spirit and spoke about speaking in tongues, which was considered quite probably to be demonic. 
in her opinion. And I was warned off anything really that made too much of the Holy Spirit. But when I was 15, I witnessed Guy becoming a Christian in a local Anglican church. And he went off to a meeting, not in our church, but in another meeting, and came back and told me that he'd been baptized with the Spirit and was speaking in tongues. And he had a passion and a love for God that I didn't really understand, but I knew I wanted it. And I felt that there must be more than God of God that I could experience and understand that I did at that moment in time. And he seemed very fearless, and I seemed very fearful. Roll on a few more years, and I was invited by my brother and sister-in-law to go to a, um, a house church, and I actually found it totally terrifying. People were singing and speaking in tongues all around me, and they expected me to be doing the same. And in the end, they confined me to a bedroom and told me to just do it, and I sat there crying because... I just couldn't seem to work out what I was supposed to actually do, and it felt like I was a failure. So my experience of understanding about the Holy Spirit was a bit negative, really. And in our mid-twenties, we moved to what is now Hope Church, Winchester, and witnessed the controversy of the Holy Spirit even more as Greg preached and various people in the church left. Um, I can also remember a guy going off to conferences and things and coming back and doing something like telling me he danced in worship and thinking, you don't dance in worship, surely. Um, it was all very confusing. And then in 1994, there was the move of the Spirit. I don't know whether some of you remember that. And extraordinary things happened. People were laughing and rolling on the floor and doing very strange things. And all I ever seemed to do if the Holy Spirit touched me was to cry. And I look back and think, well, I had four children under, well, the youngest was about three months old. He was born in 94. I probably was crying with exhaustion as much as anything else. Um, but I certainly didn't feel like what was happening to other people was happening to me. And as I look back, I think what Guy has already said, that the Holy Spirit is a person and we're people and we have different personalities and different ways of doing things. He doesn't want us to do peculiar things just for the sake of it, crazy, out-of-character things, but he does want us to grow in courage and in witness. He doesn't just want to make us laugh uncontrollably or fall over just to make ourselves feel good or that we're really spiritual. He actually wants us to have a passion for him, However, I think the British do have a reserve, and Guy and I have the privilege of traveling to other nations. And I think of the Serbians that worship so passionately. I think of the Filipinos that are joyful, even though they're incredibly poor. I think of the Brazilians that are mega loud in the way they worship and praise God. And I think, well, maybe we could, we could do a bit more of that, even though it's not quite our temperament as Brits, maybe. But I do know that God wants to fill us and transform us and make us obedient to him. He wants us to be thrilled to be touched and to spend time with him. And he wants us to learn to hear his voice. And we do that as we grow closer to the Holy Spirit. That means taking a daily invitation to ask him to fill you. It means coming before him and saying, please use me, Lord. Please come on me today. It means repenting when we get it wrong. 
and asking him to refill us. And God loves it when we ask him because he's our father. It says in scripture, we ask him for the Holy Spirit and he delights to give it to give him to us, his children. And for me, I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to learn to hear his voice more, to hear his whispers in our ears and to make our expectancy grow so we can use the gifts of the spirit and display the fruits of the spirit more effectively for him and to other people that we rub shoulders with. Because his gifts are not about us. It's not about making us feel more important or special. They're about him and his glory. It's taken me a long time to learn this, but I believe God has been teaching me this over a lifetime. It takes a lifetime, but it's a daily practice. So on the slide there, you say, we must be a people of the Holy Spirit. Commission has the reputation of being a, a reformed and spirit. We're, we're, we're Bible-based and we're Holy Spirit-filled. And therefore, the love language that Kate encouraged us tonight is a great quote, is obedience. So I want you to ask this question in your head tonight. Will I be obedient tonight to have and to drink more of the Holy Spirit in this invitation that we've been given you see, if you've flown on British Airways, or any flight for that matter, you'll know that water is of a premium. And because you don't want to get out of your seat because you're next to the window, you don't tend to drink too much because you don't go up to the toilets at the back. And the, hum the air in the, the cabin is drier than the Sahara Desert, if you didn't know that. Less humidity than the Sahara Desert. So everything is, <gasps> I need some water, water, water. But I'll tell you this, we sit in church Sunday by Sunday by Sunday and we don't realize just how dry things are becoming. We stop being obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We stop tuning in. We make the Bible study as if it's something we've got to somehow cere cerebrally to tick a box and say, how good was that according to my view? 1 Thessalonians 1.5 says this, Our gospel came to you not only with words, please hear this, not only with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep, deep conviction. So I want to ask you this evening, do you, are you open to the Holy Spirit to be filled afresh tonight. Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. I feel in the days in which we're living, the battle is hotting up. And I feel the only way in which the church of Jesus Christ will be able to stand in the heat of the battle is when we are men and women of the word and the spirit that we are empowered from on high, that we're not going out in our own understanding, our own arguments, our own guerrilla Christian type of understanding. We're going in the power of the Holy Spirit to confront the spiritual forces of evil that are holding this nation sway in its sway at the moment. The people of this nation are blind. The emperor has no clothes. 
All the things that are being sold to your generation about sexuality and gender and everything else, the emperor has no clothes. But we don't go with a Jordan Peterson sort of mindset. We go with a mindset which is biblical and we argue from the Bible about what is men and what is women, what is God's created purpose. There's nothing new under the sun that is being promulgated by this world. It's been there from the days of the Baals and the, and the fertility goddesses and the sexual changes. It's, nothing is new. But the church of Jesus Christ, I believe, has become timid and fearful in these days. And it needs a fresh baptism with fire. And that can begin tonight with all of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's not switch off. I, I like wandering around. Do you know why I like wandering around? Everyone gets nervous when I wander around. Everyone is thinking, please go back to the pulpit and stay there. That's what they're all thinking because they're frightened that I'm suddenly going to step out. Joshua, I feel that God was saying to me when you were leading worship tonight that in the moment you're a two-winged plane and God wants you a four-winged plane. I believe there are gifts in you that God wants to energize and speak to tonight. That you're comfortable with one wing of teaching, you're comfortable in one wing with pastoral ministry, but the evangelistic and the prophetic ministry God wants to sharpen and put into your life as means of taking airborne in the Holy Spirit. I believe God wants to add that to your life and your ministry as you think and seek after him. We must be men and women of the Spirit. We must seriously take drinking seriously. I've, I've met a few alcoholics in my time. I had a few in my family. I tell you what, alcohol dominates their life. There is not one passing moment where they're not moving towards the next drink. I believe we must be men and women just like that in the Holy Spirit. That our church service is the only explanation for our church service. The only explanation for our witness is the Holy Spirit. So John chapter 7 for me is just wonderfully, biblically, inspiringly simple for all of us to understand. I love Jesus. I love the way he teaches. Paul is more difficult. Jesus, I can follow it. I just love this. So there he is. In the middle of this great feast day, everyone's having a great time. Jesus stands up, big hubbub, over the top, loud voice. Jesus says, is anyone thirsty? Here's the five or four or five questions in terms of being filled with the Holy Spirit that you and I need to answer tonight. The first one is this. Who is invited? Let anyone. I don't know, going back to flying, I don't know if you've had this experience. Have you ever gone through passport control and you get to the other side and you're sitting in the departure lounge and then they say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite the uh, first class, business class, the VIPs to now come through. And all these posh people get up. And they start making their way through, sort of looking at you as they go past. Now we'd like to invite categories one and two on your cards. And you think, I didn't know I had a card or one. And what, what, number we, what number are we here? We're five. Five? How many categories are there? Five is the last category. 
We'd like now to invite fives. There's about three of you left. Fives can go through now. And when you get on the aeroplane, do you notice this? You're walking past all these people going, they're all sitting there going, hmm, glass of champagne, have a good time at the back. You know, here we go. I meet so many Christians who think that Jesus has like a VIP gold card Christianity that he holds out. That's the special blessing, just the Holy Spirit moment for those who are really, really good Christians, for leaders if they really get their act together. And the rest of us have to drab in with group five. That is a lie. Jesus says, and he's speaking In this context, he's speaking to Gentiles, he's speaking to Romans, he's speaking to Jews, he's speaking to the legalistic Pharisees, the Sadducees, he's speaking to them all, and he says, any one of you, any one of you, come on, anyone, 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 is anyone. So the first thing, who's the invite to? All of you, all of me, all of us. Do not disqualify yourself tonight. I've been a Christian 30 years. I've been filled with the Spirit in, in, in 94 with Heather. What more do I need? Anyone. The second thing is, what qualifications do I need? If anyone is thirsty, the qualification is thirsty. And this is really important. The qualification is not intelligence or Bible knowledge. Have you had this experience with your bank? You go to access your money from the bank. They hold my money. They don't own it, it's mine. And yet when I come to access it, I can go online and put stuff in and they, sorry, They say, sorry, I don't recognize this number or this password. And so you start typing in a whole load of other questions. What's the name of your first pet? I can't remember the name of my first pet. Then you might have to answer a very clever IQ. Pick on these following squares, which has got traffic lights. Traffic lights? Is that one in the square? I'm not quite sure. Wrong Which one's got wheels in it? I mean, it's like a sort of quiz of the the worst kind and you're failing all the time and it's your money. There are some very funny clips out there about Gabriel at the moment and people phoning up Gabriel in heaven and having to go through a, (laughs) a system of right or wrong answers. It's not like that, okay? Our access is... And our, our, our qualification in terms of believers before a throne of grace and a good God and a good Father is thirsty. And you can satisfy your soul thirst with rubbish. Why is it we're seeing so little difference in our gospel witness, so little difference in terms of the kingdom of God? I'll tell you this, because we're drinking the fast food drinks of the world and we're not coming to church thirsty. Tonight, as you're listening to me, are you thirsty? Do you recognize the only thing that can make a difference in your life is the Holy Spirit of God? Are you thirsty for more of him? 
Have you put limits on him? Have you said you can have the whole house, but there's a few rooms you cannot come into my life? I feel as we were preparing this message in the week, I felt there was a couple of people who were living in a prison of unforgiveness. And that we were here, Heather and I are here tonight, just to say to you, the only way out of that prison is that you grant forgiveness. One of you maybe have been terribly uh, abused by a person in trust, physically, spiritually, sexually abused, and you've never brought that into the light. And you're in a prison like Shawshank. You're in a prison where you have given up of seeing transformation. And I feel tonight that God the Holy Spirit wanted to bring you into this place. Jesus says, if you forgive men their trespasses, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you will not forgive, if you hold on forgiveness, you put yourself in that prison. There is no way out. So tonight I believe there's a night of freedom for one or two people who have been hurt, bullied, rejected, abused. And God wants to say, I want you to grant forgiveness. The next question is, what is the water? If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Turn back in your Bibles to John chapter 4. I love this, when Jesus meets a Samaritan lady, and he, and, uh, he asks for a drink, and, 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 uh, and then she says, well, you're not supposed to ask me for a drink because Jews don't associate with Samaritans. And Jesus in verse 10 says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So here we are, Jesus is referring to himself. What is the water? It is Jesus. Jesus promises as he returns to heaven, the Holy Spirit. We're drinking the liquid love of God into our beings. We're drinking Jesus into our spirits. We're welcoming the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes in me, Jesus said, streams of living water will flow. We don't seek an experience. You're hearing this tonight. We're not seeking an experience. We're going to pray for each other in about 10 minutes' time, and we're not seeking a sort of, oh, I I felt some goosebumps. Oh, I I wobbled a bit. We're not seeking, we're seeking a person. We're seeking intimacy. We're seeking the, the glory of God on human flesh, doing what only God can do, what we could never think of doing ourselves. We're thinking of being filled with the liquid love of Almighty God in our beings, in our humanity. Whoever believes in me, we seek a person. Emotions, feelings, experiences, tears, joy, laughter, they can all come, but it doesn't mean it's authentication. Authentic intimacy, authentic encounter with the Holy Spirit is relationship, is intimacy, 
It's knowing God and being known by God. Fourth question, as the scripture says, what does the scripture say? Jesus says, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow. This is really, really important because everything I want to say tonight isn't have the Holy Spirit, forget the Bible. Have the Holy Spirit, forget the Bible. No, no. As the scripture says, where does our confidence come from tonight? Your confidence doesn't come from Heather and I making a good speech. I'm not trying to convince you of something like selling you something you don't want to have, really. We've all had that sort of trick, haven't we, where someone's trying to sell us something we don't really want on the door or in the market. We've shown a bit of interest and suddenly they're super glued to us saying, oh, please buy, please buy, please buy. Now, the scripture says all the way through the Old Testament scripture, we find the Holy Spirit selecting on one person, on a prophet, on a priest, on a king. And they were able to do supernatural things because God was on that person. But the scripture was saying there was a day coming, a day coming when the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. On sons and daughters, all sons and daughters, not the special ones, not the eldest ones, not the clever ones, on all flesh. That's what Peter on the day of Pentecost says to the people. This is what was promised. Joel promised that on the last days, the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity would come down with such power upon a people that they would all be prophets, priests, and kings. They would all be this incredibly powerful community here on the earth. It's called the church. A people of the Spirit. Christ fulfills all Scripture. There is no longer a temple. There is no longer a need for people to go to the Holy of Holies. He's gone there and secured that once and for all. And from that place of all authority, he gives his Holy Spirit to those who ask. So let me finish in a very simple way. How do we drink full and free? By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Just think about Pentecost. Think about how that transformed the world, Jerusalem, the church. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. How do we drink full and free. See, the disciples knew the love of Jesus. They had seen the power of the Holy Spirit in signs and wonders. They had been breathed upon by Jesus, who said, receive the Holy Spirit. But they were told by Jesus, wait. Wait into Jerusalem. Wait in Jerusalem for the gift my Father has promised. For in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with power. A sovereign work of God? Yes, Pentecost was. Cornelius' house, as Peter was speaking, a sovereign work of God 
in Acts 10. But also, you'll notice if you turn back into Luke 11, something we are meant to actually pray for. As Jesus teaches on prayer in Luke chapter 11, if you want to turn there, we're going to finish with this because this is what I want to convince you more than anything else tonight in terms of your own prayer. Is you're going to turn in groups of three or four and pray for each other because I believe we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight and with power. Jesus finishes the, the, the Lord's Prayer and teaching on prayer by saying this in verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? That's outrageous. Dad, I, I'm so hungry. Is there any fish? Here's a, here's a snake. Son. Or if he asks for an egg. Is there a boiled egg, Dad? No, here's a scorpion, son. If you then, though compared to God, are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give, who? The Holy Spirit, how? To those who ask him. To those who ask him. In other words, you get what you ask for. I've prayed for so many people over my life, and, I've, and, and, I, and I, they said to me, could you pray for me? Yeah, I'll pray for you. Uh, what do you want me to pray for you? Anything, you know, pray for, you know, something more of God, something, something Holy Spiritish. You pray for them, and, and I say, what are you experiencing right now? Nothing. What were you hoping for? Nothing. Well, you, got, you, did, you did actually get exactly what you asked for. So you see, it's, it, it's, it's not the Holy Spirit comes barging in. It's not that any person praying is barging in. You, you ask your Father in heaven for the gift that he promised, and he loves to answer your prayer. So let's finish with a little Greek to finish with. Because Andy could do the Greek. I was not very clever enough for the Greek. But I know this. I know that when it comes to baptize, there is two words. Bapto and baptizo. And the evangelical church can get mixed up with these two Greek words. Because Jesus promised to baptize, baptizo, his sons and daughters, his brothers and sisters with the Holy Spirit and with power. If you go to a Greek cookery book and look up pickles, how to make a pickle, you'll find these two Greek words. First of all, you boil water and you take your cucumber and you dip the cucumber, bapto, you dip the cucumber in boiling water and take it out again. That's the word bapto. Then you take the pickle and you dunk it in vinegar. You baptizo it in vinegar. You soak it in vinegar. You screw on a cap and you leave it soaking and saturating in vinegar. And that is what makes a pickle. Here's the point. We are called not to have bapto 
only experiences. We are called to be baptizo, immersed in the Holy Spirit. We live on sound bites as a generation. We just want a little bit of God, a little bit more of God. All I want is a little bit more of God. That's not really what is on offer. What Jesus offers is to drench, to saturate, to plunge, to push beneath the power of Almighty God in an experience that is meant to transform all of us. Not just our minds or our thoughts or our emotions in a moment, but actually we want more of God to saturate us and soak us and fill us that we might be of service to him. So if you, final slide, if you were to join me and Heather and walk on the southwest path, which is a great adventure which we've done, you would know the one thing you need over and over and over again through the day is to drink and drink and drink and drink. The Christian life is hard. Some of you have come in here tonight. I'm so grateful you've come in here tonight. You're probably exhausted. You're thinking, how much longer is he going to go on for? You're tired. What you, what I, what Heather, what all of us most need tonight is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is your inheritance. That's your birthright. That is what Jesus says we're to pray to our Father in heaven and ask for. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to do it in groups of four. Before that, we're just going to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've got anything you want to just add. Because we've been praying. Obviously, we come out to these evenings to pray and to seek God. If there's any prophetic words for individuals. So we just want to be obedient to that. And then we're going to get you into groups of four. Um, it's quite a simple one, really. Um, there's a verse in Isaiah. Um, I wrote it down. I can't find it. Isaiah 55, verse 8, where it says, um, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. And I had this strange dream about somebody deciding to come down from upstairs in their house, not down the stairs, but out the window and down the tiles on the roof, which I wouldn't recommend. It's extremely dangerous, I should imagine. But I felt like God was leaning out the window and saying, these are my ways, not your ways. I'm not suggesting you do that, but that you might be going through something where you feel like you're doing something. It's not a sensible thing you're doing, but God is telling you to do it, and he is promising to be with you as you do this slightly risky, slightly strange thing that he's asking you to do. Does that make sense? And uh, just one other word. There's an individual here or a couple here who have been waiting for a bus. And you've been waiting for a bus and there's been cancellation after cancellation. It's been a promise that God's given you. And you think, I, I know, I'm pretty sure there's another thing. Oh, here it comes. Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's cancelled. Oh, it's not coming. But this year, I felt the Holy Spirit say, this year, what you have been longing for, you, it's going to be three buses coming along at once. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a trinity of answers to prayer that you've been praying for for a long time. And God tonight wanted to encourage you that you might think he's forgotten but every prayer he has remembered. 
And his promises are not slow in being fulfilled as some think of slowness. So here's what we're going to do. Obedience. That's what you said, Kate, wasn't it? Obedience is the love language of heaven. So we want to be obedient to what God said to us tonight, don't we? So if you're going to be obedient, what we're going to do is, first of all, I'm going to invite you to stand. So you can do that right away. How obedient can we be? And then I'd like you all to pray to your Father in heaven and pray back to him the prayer that we've heard. How much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So I'd like you, so I can hear it, because I'm going to pray as well. I'd like you, and let's do this for two or three minutes. Let's not try and think. We're just going to quickly move on. Cry out, Father, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit tonight? Would you clothe me with power from heaven tonight? And we're going to pray that for two or three minutes. And then when, it, when I feel it's the right moment, I'm going to say, now get into threes and fours and pray for each other. Pray your best prayer for each other in terms of intimacy, in terms of power, in terms of knowing the Holy Spirit and be open to the Holy Spirit for any prophetic words for the other person. So right, here we are, obedience, language of heaven, love language. Let's lift our voices and ask our Father in heaven to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we just ask... Father, we're praying in the name of Jesus. We're praying for what you, all scriptures spoke of these days in which we're living. And they are to be days when you pour out your spirit on your sons and daughters. So I'm asking, Father, pour out your spirit on your sons and daughters tonight. May they know power in their witness. May they know power in their witness, Father. May they know a difference going into the, the workplace, the, the friends they have a coffee with, the school place tonight. Lord, I pray, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with Holy Spirit power. 
I pray, Lord, that you would fill us with intimacy, that our prayer life would be a place of real joy to us, God. Draw us into that place of knowing the Father's heart, knowing the Father's compassion, the Father's love for us, and the Father's love for the lost. Lord, draw us, draw us, I pray, to be worshippers. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts tonight that we might be worshippers. We pray against churches just full of songs without any power. We pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Andy and Kate, you're to be men and women of the Holy Spirit, putting weapons in the hands of those you disciple. Weapons to, to, to advance a kingdom, weapons of the sword, weapons of bow and arrow, weapons of shield. I pray, let Andy know a fresh impartation of Holy Spirit power in equipping disciples to follow after Jesus. Come, Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, on all, everyone. I pray for faith now as we pray for each other, Lord. May we not just pray half-hearted prayers for each other, but may we pray with the Spirit's power that you might fill our dear brothers and sisters in this place. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Now get into twos, threes, fours if you must, and pray for each person to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be open to the Holy Spirit. I'm sure there are words God's going to give you, but let's be open on the heavenward side now as we pray. Get into groups. Move yourself around. Be obedient to this word. Thank you, Lord.
Guys, we don't want to interrupt you being prayed for. But uh, if you are, feel free to carry on praying if you can do over my voice. But I just want to pray for us all as we go from here. And Andrew's just going to send us out in the, the name and the blessing of God. But uh, right now, we thank you for what we've heard this evening, Lord. We thank you that you care for us. You know everything about us. Thank you for the prophecies we've had tonight about how you, you know all, even our secrets. You care about everything. And uh, so now I ask you, Lord, that you would send us out full of your Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, that we would be empowered and energized and encouraged and lifted up and strengthened and fortified as a result of this evening, Lord. That discouragement would be lifted off of any shoulders, that anxiety would be banished from any hearts. Lord, that trust would replace fear, that we would go from here knowing, oh God, that you are mighty and that you're for us, and that you're with us, and that you are in us by your Holy Spirit. So God, would you please anoint us and send us in the power of your Spirit to be your witnesses, we ask in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So, uh, just receive this blessing. Lord bless you with intimacy with his most precious gift, his Holy Spirit. May he be your best friend as you walk through life. May your eyes be fixed on him and in seeing him see the Father and the Son and hear their glory. May you know him guiding you and directing you, guiding your path. May you know great grace and peace and faith that you can take steps of obedience and may you know him guiding and prompting you in those steps of obedience. That God would be glorified. That we'd each see his kingdom come more and more through each of our everyday lives. In Jesus' most precious name, receive this blessing. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being out this evening. There are some refreshments being served out in the cafe area. Can we just thank Guy and Heather for sharing, please? Brilliant. Thank you.